Bibles today to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 12. We'll get in the Word today. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 12. And uh, I want to encourage everyone to come to church on Wednesday nights. You know, many, how many of you would raise your hand and say you're covenant members? That means you've gone through the new members class, you signed a form, you, your hands were laid on you. You're in that covenant with the church as a member. Raise your hand. Okay, amen. You remember on your side, there were three things you made a covenant with Amber and I before God to walk in. Y'all remember what they were? You said that you would support the church financially through tithing and giving offerings as you're led, right? Number two, that you would serve in a ministry area, you would help out around here, and that you would attend as many services as, as possible. You know, God's going to hold you accountable for that promise that you made. Amen. And uh, so, you know, fulfill your covenant, but God is just really moving on Wednesday night. And uh, He'll move here today, but he, He's moving on Wednesday night, and uh, the Lord is directing me to get into some things that are just, if you'll grab hold of it, will radically change and bless and uh, bless your life. As uh, we talked about practical prosperity, uh, some things in my heart about that and uh, about diligence. How many of you are here Wednesday night or you on the podcast, you heard that mess about, how many of you had your toes stepped on in a good way, you got challenged in a good way? Amen. Well, praise God. So anyway, uh, take two's coming up on Wednesday, I believe. And so Bring a friend and come with you. It's only going to get better, praise God. Uh, amen. And, uh, but I really, really encourage you not to miss, not to miss. Uh, you know, you miss half of what God has for you. You know, out of the church, that's, that's not good. Amen. You give me a brownie and a chocolate chip cookie, I'm not going to take half. I want the whole thing. Amen. Amen. So praise God. Father, we come before you today and so thankful for what you've stirred up in my heart to share today. God, I pray and we agree together for utterance to flow freely from you. We're not here interested in hearing the opinions of man. But God, I pray that you'll cause me to speak as it were the very oracles of God, that you'll think through my mind, you'll speak through my voice. Just take me over altogether as I just purpose to step out of the way and just be an instrument for you in these next moments. Uh, to speak truth and to minister life and the word, the bread of life to your people. God, on their side, I pray that you'll, you'll help them have ears to hear and open mind, a heart to grab hold and comprehend, and that, God, that they're deciding to be a doer uh, of what is uh, preached today, not just a forgetful hearer. And, God, help us to get not just information, but help us to grab hold of a revelation. This truth has probably been heard. These folks have heard this before. But that doesn't mean they're walking in it. doesn't mean they have the revelation of it in their heart. And so help us, Holy Spirit, unveil this truth to us in a new way so that we in these last days can walk in this powerful, vitally important benefit that you gave us. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said once more, Amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about uh, the blood of Jesus and the power that is in the blood of Jesus, and how to tap into the benefit of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Here in Revelations chapter, Revelation chapter 12, we have a, a familiar verse to many of us. And uh, uh, verses, let's go ahead and read verse 10. 
and 11. And uh, so it says, this is John the Apostle, and he's in the Spirit, and he's having this vision, and Jesus is causing him to see things, and he's hearing things. Let's read about something he heard. He said in verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who's that? That's the devil, yeah, that's Satan, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they, that's the believer, amen, they overcame him. That's good news right there. They overcame him. The devil can be overcome. Amen. And uh, we ought to overcome him because of what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. But notice they overcame him by something. Amen. It didn't say they overcame him because they're really smart. It didn't say they overcame him because, uh, you know, they outwitted the devil. No, how did they, by what means did they overcome the devil? They overcame by the blood. By the blood of Jesus. And by the word of their testimony. Now what does that mean? That means they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by what they said about the blood of the Lamb. And I'm just talking about their testimony of getting saved. Not just talking about their testimony of knowing Jesus. They overcame the devil, amen, by the blood of Jesus and what they said about the blood. What is testimony? If you got summoned or called as a witness in a court and you gave testimony, what are you up there saying? Are you just up there, you know, shooting the breeze? No. Just up there having a little chit-chat with the judge and the jury? No. You are there to tell of something you saw, something you heard, or something you know. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of what they said, about what they knew, about what they heard, about the blood of Jesus. Amen? You know, the blood of Jesus is like kryptonite to the devil. It really is. And, uh, you know, kryptonite is that green stuff that came from Superman's planet. And if you ever watched any of the movies, you know that if they, you hold up that, you know, Superman gets weak. He loses his power. He can't do what he could otherwise do. Well, that's just Hollywood. That's just fantasy. But God is put in the hand of the believer. One of the many weapons he has given us is kryptonite to the devil. Amen. Amen. And when the devil wants to come in and do what he does, what does he do? He steals, he kills, he destroys. There's been a lot of theft, right, just with this, you know, who did it? Well, the devil did it. How come we have these storms? Because the earth is broken. It's, 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 the earth is broken, living under the weight of sin and death and the curse. Amen? Uh, praise God. And, and if you just get in the way, these things happen. In this broken, and they won't always. When Jesus comes, that's going to get all fixed. And even the planet's going to get you know, back right. Amen. But living in dangerous days. Amen. When the devil is out and he's not intending to inconvenience you. That's not his goal. Satan's goal is not to inconvenience you. It's not to harass you. It's not to just bother you. He wants to kill you, take you out, destroy you. Amen. 
But again, God has put something in the hands of His children that all you have to do when you see Him coming is just hold it up. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, so we want to get into some of this today. You know, it's sad that in, in our uh, churches that have been let so much of the world's ideology come in that uh, a lot of the songs about the blood, a lot of the talking about the blood has been taken out because, oh, we don't want to scare the kids with all this blood. And yet, look at the video games. There. I mean, come on. That, uh, hello. No, there's a, there's a satanic, there's, a, there's an ungodly, there's a, uh, a, a, a dark motivation behind taking the blood out of its place in the church. Amen? Something interesting, uh, Dr. Summerall, as a young man, God had told him and his wife to go to the Philippines that God was going to do a great work through him there. And uh, over the t his time there, I don't remember how many years he spent there, over 100,000 people on the island of the Philippines were born again. And a great, great work was done. Well, not long after he uh, was there, he heard on the radio this panicked plea from these medical folks about a young girl uh, that is, it was in one of their prisons, and she was just totally, totally whacked out. They didn't know. It was just totally demon-possessed girl. And there would appear on her body, they couldn't see the spirit, but there would appear on her body bite marks. And when they examined her, they were physical wounds that this spirit was. And when they would try to come in, she would curse them, and that person would die. And this happened like three or four times. And eventually nobody wanted to get, obviously nobody would want to even get near this girl. And they put out this plea, could, is someone who could help this girl? And Dr., God told Dr. Summerall when he heard that, I want you to go and deliver the girl. And he said, God, I just got here. Nobody knows me. Get somebody else. You ever feel like that? God calls your number and he said, get somebody else. And God said right back to him, I don't have anybody else. So he went. And when he went inside and he confronted this girl who had this unusually powerful demon spirit operating through her, that spirit spoke through her in a man's voice and cursed uh, the Father God. Now, we, we would get that. That demon cursed the Father God, cursed God the Son, cursed the Holy Ghost. And then this is what he said really surprised him. He said that demon cursed the blood like it was a living person. That demon cursed the blood of Jesus like it was a living entity. And you know, it's sad that demons, they get, they know something about the blood that Christians haven't quite got. Amen. And like so much of what God has bestowed on us, like the power of the word, the power of the name of Jesus, uh, the angels that we have, the enemy wants to keep the church blind to what we have and not appropriate the blessing in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let me give you just a couple of quotes here. Uh, Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland made this statement. He said, the shed blood of Jesus is the fullness of love expressed. Amen. It is holding out its offer, the blood is of salvation to the extreme, divine protection from sin, sickness, demons, fear, and hell in the end, and heaven in the beginning. Amen. So the blood of Jesus is the fullness of love expressed. 
And it is standing there before the lost world with its invitation to save and to heal and to deliver and protect all those who will come and be blessed by the blood. Amen. Amen. Brother Copeland's daughter, uh, one of his daughters named Kelly Copeland, wrote a book called Protecting Your Family. Uh, we don't have it in our bookstore. I have it in my library. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. And this is a couple of quotes from her. Uh, she said, we cannot afford to be passive about protection. Amen. Uh, we cannot afford to be passive about protection. You know, if you've got any prepper leanings in you, you better not just prep with ammo and bottled water. That's not the most important, powerful way that you could prepare for what's coming in these last days. Getting a revelation of the blood of Jesus. How to apply the blood. How to knowing what the blood will do for you. For those who have faith in it. Amen. Would be a far, I mean, do the, whatever the Lord tells you to do in the natural, you ought to do it. But you should not be passive in your life about protection. It's just another one of these vitally important blessings from God that we're awakened to in times like this that believers aren't thinking enough about. God has spoken to us about our protection. You know, He could catch us away and just remove us from all this danger. Boom, out, and we'd be, we'd be gone. And one day it's going to happen faster than that. Why would He leave us here in such danger? Because if we will pay attention and walk in the light of the Word and be a doer of the Word, we'll be in the midst of danger, but we won't be in danger. We do not have to. Christians should not be falling prey to accidents, becoming victims of crime, tragedies. We are redeemed. Included in our redemption, amen, is protection and deliverance from these things. Amen. So, uh, Sister Copeland, she made another statement I like. She said, the church will not be able to survive in power, in power, without a revelation of the blood. Amen. And uh, so I like that. You know, the, the blood of Jesus is not just in your past because you're saved. We need to learn that. The blood of Jesus is, it wasn't in the past in that demon spirit. That demon cursed the blood in the present. You know, the Bible says, you know, Abel, uh, one of Adam's sons, Cain's younger brother, of course, Cain killed him because he was angry that he had God's favor and Cain didn't. Of course, God was ready and willing to favor both of them if Cain would just do what was right, but he didn't want to do what was right. So he killed his brother. And the Bible says that the blood of Abel spilled into the earth still speaks. Think about that. That the blood of Abel, it talks about that in the book of Hebrews, that the blood of Abel still speaks. What does it say? It's demanding justice. You know, God's a God of justice. And He's promised to repay. He said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And that blood of Abel was still speaking and heard by God. Well, if the blood of Abel, if the shed blood of Abel still speaks, how much more? 
will the eternal blood of the Lord Jesus Christ speak? Well, what does it say? It'll say all kinds of things. It'll say innocent. You know, in our, in our justice system, when you get arrested and you stand before the judge at your arrangement, they only give you two options. You can plead guilty or you can plead innocent. You only get two options. But in the high court of heaven, God has given the belief, He's given all people, amen, a third option. Because what about those people like me who are guilty but who don't want to go to hell? Who don't want to go to jail? Sir, I wonder, is there anybody in there like that? Like anybody in here? All of you, all of you, all of you are guilty. All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Well, you could go before God and plead guilty, and you're going to go to the penitentiary for all eternity. You can't plead innocent because you're guilty. And you're standing before someone who knows you're guilty. He's got all the evidence. Oh, but thank God that we could stand. But when the accuser of the brethren wants to appoint me and said, look at that, that Chris Cody guy, you can't bless him, God. Look at what he just did. And I'm standing there and I did it. Do I have to accept punishment? Do I have to accept defeat? No, I don't. I can say, well, Father, I can't plead innocent. I sure don't want to plead guilty. So I think what I'll do is plead the blood. I plead the blood. Because His blood was shed to pay the price for the sins of the guilty. And God would go, you said what? You pled the blood? Oh, that's accept, That's good evidence right here in the high court of heaven. Case dismissed. And though I did it, though I did it, the devil won't have the ability to come in and bring death and calamity and destruction into my life, even though I did it, because I was able to close that door, the blood is kryptonite to the devil. I'm not, I'm not counting on the promises of God coming, into my, coming to pass in my life because I think I've earned them, because I know I haven't. Or because I think I'm worthy of them. I know I'm not. I'm expecting all the promises of God, including divine protection, to be enforced in my life because of what Jesus did that day. Because of His blood. And it's not just in my past. That He carried that. Remember when He was resurrected, He told uh, Mary, don't touch me. Mary Magdalene, you can't touch me yet. I still, I haven't gone. I, what, he, what did He mean? Well, He had to take His blood into the temple in heaven where the real mercy seat is and put His blood on that mercy seat officially paying, sealing and ratifying our redemption and our covenant our right to come into the family. That blood's still there. I said that blood's still there. And it will speak. The blood of Jesus speaks. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. Now go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Y'all all right? Oh, thank God, thank God. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, I just thank God for Paducah and most of us in, the, in where we live. We were just not in the way of this thing. But I've been, I've been in the way of storms before. And uh, I would watch my dad stand out on the porch. And he turned to the direction the meteorologist said the storm was coming from. 
And he would stand out there and say, oh, no, you don't. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my house, over my property, over our lives. And you know you go to hell for lying? Go to hell for lying. We'd stand there and we would watch that storm come up. Because we're in Oklahoma, if you're raised in Oklahoma, you're not really scared of, of the tornado. Um, you're just used to it. And uh, we would watch, and I'd stand there with my dad, and we'd watch and watch and watch and watch, and he'd go, now. And when we went now, that meant run into the bathroom, dive in the bathroom, cover up. That's what that meant. <laughs> now, now that, and I'm going back before this moment, I'm telling you back, back even further before my dad got saved. And we'd just watch him, watch him, watch him come, and he'd go, now. And he went, okay, here, that means time to go. And it was just something you did. You got out of the bathtub, and thank God that you were, you know, not affected. But... We didn't do that anymore. I don't think my dad's been in the bathtub since he got born again for a tornado. <laughs> and this is what I meant. You go to hell for lying. He would stand there. We would stand there, and he'd just watch his son. And that storm would come up, come up, come up, and go like that. Or the tornado would go, the funnel cloud would stop. It would go right back up into the sky, and we'd watch it go over our house. Get out about a mile away and sit back down just keep destroying stuff. No, you did. I'm just telling you, you, go to hell for lying. And I didn't see that just once or twice, but many times. And this is how we do it. This is how I do it when, I, when things like this come up. We had no idea that the storm was going to stay south of us when they started talking about this thing in Jonesboro. So I just, now again, don't be, you got to remember like in Wednesday night we're talking about do the natural. And I didn't leave my vehicles outside to get hailed on. I put my stuff away. You know, you do what you're supposed to do in the natural. Amen. And but then I just did that. Now, Father, I plead the blood from all over all my property, over all my stuff, the church building, my rent house. And then, Father, you'll be glad. I said, now, Father, every member, every friend of our ministry connected with Amber and I in every way and all their lives and all their stuff. Because they're under my authority. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus. No harm, no death, no damage, no destruction come to us. And that's just the way we do it. I remember some years ago back when, uh, well, this would be back when Kayla was babysitting Faith. She was our lead, lead babysitter back then. And Mom and I had gone on date night or something. We were, it was an anniversary. We were, we were down at Patty's doing something, having, having dinner. And uh, left Kayla uh, with Faith and the kids there at the Kevill house. And they locked Patty's down. I mean, they just locked everybody down. And I, we didn't have to get under a table, but they said, you're not going anywhere. I don't know what they did. And we, and we followed on our phones, big storm coming in. And uh, that's just, we didn't make a big scene or nothing, but we just grabbed hand, whatever we did, and we just did that very thing, just plead the blood of Jesus. And uh, that storm just, it didn't affect Patty, but it just came right over the Kevill house. And uh, Kayla w had the kids in the, ba in the master bath, went in our safe place in our home, shut up. And uh, outside, and you, you still remember this? You hear the footsteps of marching soldiers in short paces right outside the door with the shadow underneath the door. Nobody else in there. They went and checked. Kayla went and checked. Nobody there. What was that? Our angels. 
guarding and defending. Now see, if you just think it's all hooey stuff you hear at church and you don't believe it, you won't have any of it. You won't have any of it, but I believe it. I said, I believe it. I live this way. Amen? And I, I don't have this kind of stuff because I'm a preacher. Every child of God has a blood-purchased right to be believed, to be protected and delivered. I know a lot of parents, one of the, the hardest thing for parents to do is to put their kid in a car without them. Right? Especially when they start driving themselves. But can you, moms and dads, put your children in a vehicle, do everything you can in the natural to keep them safe, train them, and then do something that will give you an absolute assurance they're coming home. You get the blood to speak for them. You should, I'm going to show you this before we go, you should plead the blood over your family, your children, your stuff every day. Amen. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 1. In verse number 5, reading up to verse number 7, it says, Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. You know, aren't you glad about that? His saving work, His shed blood has made us accepted in the Beloved. In whom, talking about in Christ, this is one of your in Christ scriptures that you should pay attention to. In whom, then what does it say, next two words? We have, in whom we have redemption. Through what? Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Amen. We have redemption. Come on. One translation says we have a perfect and complete redemption. And it's through the blood that we have redemption. Amen. Uh, you may not want to go there, but if you could on the uh, wall, guys, put Hebrews 9.12 in the Amplified up there so that we could see that. Hebrews 9.12. The, uh, I want to show you that the, uh, the blood of Jesus does, is not just for the purchasing of your remission of your sins, but it has made yours everything that is in the package of salvation. Everything that now belongs to you as a child of God came because of the blood. Amen. Amen. And it's yours today because of the blood. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, it says, He went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven, that's what I've told you about. He had to take his blood into that temple and put his blood on the mercy seat. Not by virtue of the blood of bulls, and, uh, excuse me, of goats and calves, but uh, by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood. See? But his own blood, having found and secured, look at that, not a partial redemption. Well, we're redeemed in our spirit, but that's it. No, a what? A complete redemption. And look at this. An everlasting release. An everlasting release or rescue for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Go back to it. Well, you're, if you're still there in Ephesians, look at the second chapter. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Now Paul is talking about our condition before we came to salvation. And he says in verse 12, chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time you were, what were we without? Well, we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And notice this, strangers from the covenants of promise. We didn't have any promises. We didn't have any guarantees. God had made us no oaths, no promises when we were in this condition. And because of that, Paul went on and said what we were. What were we? Having no hope. And without God in the world. You know, it's always been this way, but as we get closer to the return of the Lord, the world, I've been telling you this, because the Bible tells you this, it's going to get more perilous. These kind of things are going to happen more often. Have not, have I not been telling you about this? Well, you don't want to live your life on planet Earth without hope and without God in the world. You want God, you want to wear the God jersey in the world. You don't want to be walking around with no promises. Then verse 13, he says, but now, oh, thank God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh, made near to all these things. By what? By the blood. By the blood of Christ, we have been made near. Now go with me back to Psalm 103. I know you're turning a little bit in your Bible, but that's not going to hurt you. Psalm 103, <clears throat> doing good on time. I've almost shared everything I, I want to share. Hallelujah. You need to get a rebel. Do you have the power of the blood? Are you thinking about the blood? Do you talk at all about the blood? I don't like to think about blood, blood, man. You know, I got a weak constitution. Well, you need to get over it when it comes to the blood of Jesus. Amen. Are you going to do without a, a, the kryptonite to make the devil run away in terror? You know, a lot of times in my prayers, when I'm dealing with darkness, when I'm dealing with the devil, I hear myself make this statement. I'm not just doing it mentally, but as I'm just praying, I'll say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Amen. I might be praying about my finances. I might be pray about praying about one of you that's under some sort of maybe a physical attack. I'll say the blood of Jesus. I hold the blood of Jesus before you. He doesn't want to stand there and look at that blood. I'll say the blood of Jesus is against you. I put myself between... I put the blood between the devil and me. Amen. I'm going to stand on this side of the veil of the blood. Amen. Amen. Because that blood did something for me. Yeah. I can't go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to the devil without divine assistance and prevail. Amen. But if I'll just make much of the price, the cost, the blood, then I prevail every time. And you'll prevail every time. Yeah. Amen. So in talking about our redemption, redemption is not just salvation. It's a complete redemption. It's purchased by the blood. Amen? Amen. So this, this is one of my favorite passages. You all, you all know this. Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. And so there are benefits, right? Amen. That's why you want to get saved. If you're not saved, get saved. Because you're without a covenant. You don't have any hope in the world. You're without God. You've got to get in Christ. You've got to be born again. But in, your, in being born again, a lot of people are born again, like you're born again, but do, are you aware of all your benefits? 
He said, so he begins to list these benefits. Well, first and foremost, thank God, who forgives all your iniquities. Now, because if, see, Mom Arlene, if all your iniquities are forgiven, there's no blessing that can be withheld from you. Because sin's not an issue in your life anymore. (laughs) Well, Pastor, you don't know what I did this morning. Just put the blood on it. That's what I do. I just put the blood on it. Put the blood on it. Amen. Wash that stain away. Well, then the second benefit is what? He says, who heals all your diseases. A lot of believers are still, you know, need to find that out. But look at the third benefit. Look at the third benefit. Come on, you got your shouting clothes on? Who redeems your life from destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He redeems our life from destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does the word redeem mean? It means to purchase out of, means to pay a ransom, it means to buy back. In other words, the blood of Jesus paid to ransom, bought us back, and now the enemy doesn't have a right to destroy our lives because of the blood. Hallelujah. How many times, I mean, over and over and over again, I don't have time to take you all these scriptures. The Lord is a refuge. He is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. He is a deliverer. He's a strong tower. He's our refuge and our fortress. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 91, right? Said God has given His angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. Lest at any time we would dash our foot against the stone. Amen. Let's close today over in the book of Exodus. Exodus. Several millennia ago, God laid down a principle. And He commanded this principle to be kept, the type and shadow of it for the Jews to be practiced forever and ever. We call it Passover. And Israel was enslaved in Egypt. You know the story. God had raised up Moses. It was time for them to be delivered. God had sent Moses to Pharaoh many, many times with a simple message from God. Let my people go. Just let my people go. He refused. The, you know, the Egypt's the type of the world. Pharaoh's the type of you know, ungodly leadership in the devil. And how easy it would have been for the Egyptians if they'd have just heeded God's command, let my people go. But he refused. Well, ten judgments were ordained in an effort to rend Israel out, God's people, the Hebrews, out of that Egyptian bondage. They didn't have to endure one of those plagues. And after the, after the flies showed up, after the rivers were turned to blood, they could have changed their mind. But it just kept going on and on, and Pharaoh just persisted in his hardness of heart, refusing to obey God to let his people go. And so God said, Moses, there's one more plague yet to come, and death is going to come into the nation on this night. And it's it's, it's going to wipe out every firstborn of both man and beast. And God didn't discriminate. He didn't say, except my people. His death is coming in, and it's going to kill 
every firstborn child, every firstborn offspring among man and beast. That's this tenth plague. Now, do this. And, and he said, do this on, I think, the tenth or eleventh day of the month Nisan, which would be the first month. He said, this will be your new year. He just, you know, institute a new calendar. I don't have to go in all that with you. But anyway, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, God begins to lay down this principle and give this instruction. I'm going to read this to you from the Bible in basic English. It just reads really easy and plain. So in verse 1, it says, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, Let this month be to you the first of months, the first month of the year. Say to all the children of Israel, When they are come together in the tenth day of this month, Every man is to take a lamb. By the number of their fathers' families, a lamb for every family. A lamb for every family. Boy, that really spoke to me. A lamb for every family. A lamb for every family. Every family needs a lamb. Now, in God's dealings with the Hebrew people, this is type and shadow for the church today, right? God did so much for them through Moses. God did so much for them. They were all blessed and all affected so many times through the obedience and faith and partnership of one man that was over them. But notice, God didn't tell Moses to take a lamb and to do this, and it would affect all Hebrews. Hello? He said, every man, every family's got to have their own. Well, Moses is called the shepherd, the pastor of them in the wilderness. This is type and shadow. You know your pastor? God can use your pastor to get you so many wonderful things spiritually. And we, we endeavor, any good pastor, uh, does everything they know to do and can do to get every, everyone under that umbrella of blessing, get everything they can to you. But notice, this particular deliverance could not come through the pastoral intercessory ministry of Moses. Every family had to do something. Well, I, I skipped some verses, and they, and they're, you know, beyond verse 3, gives them detailed instruction. At twilight on a certain day, that means at dusk, it's still a little bit light outside, but you can't see the sun anymore, kill that lamb. He instructed them what to do with the flesh. That has a whole wonderful story to it. I don't have time to get into that. But concerning the blood, you remember what he said? He said, get you some hyssop branches. Every family must be represented. And dip those branches into that blood. Talking about blood. And go outside the door of your house and strike the side posts and strike the header with that blood. Mark the access point of your home. For every family with blood. Yeah? Amen. Let's pick it up in verse 6 and 7. Again in the Bible uh, in basic English. Keep it, the lamb, till the 14th day of the same month. When everyone who is of the children of Israel is put to death, when it is put to death between sundown and dark, then take some of the blood and put it on the two side posts of the door and over the door where it would be taken. And let me make sure I've got this here. I'll have to physically turn to it. No, I've got it. I'm skipping down to verse 12 and 13 now. For on that night, 
For on that night I will go through the land of Egypt, sending death on every first male child of man and of beast, judging all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. And the blood, what did he say? The blood will be a sign or a token on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will go over you. And no evil will come on you for your destruction. When my hand is on the land of Egypt. And so notice that when death came in, it was able to do what it wanted to do in every household in Egypt, except where it saw the blood. Except where the blood was faithfully applied. Not because they were good or bad, naughty or nice. It's not a Santa Claus thing. Amen. And notice he didn't say, if you don't want to do the blood, just pray. Nope. Nope. If you wanted to be protected, it had to be by the blood. How, where do we, let's finish where we started. You know, you don't have to turn it. Revelation 12, 11. They overcame. They overcame the devil. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. Now, this is type and shadow, right? We don't today physically kill lambs and put blood on our doorposts of our home. We don't do that. But spiritually, we take the superior blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by faith, we apply that blood. How do you apply the blood? With words. You testify. Amen. You, you talk about the blood. You make much about the blood. You exercise your faith in the blood. You tell the storm. You tell the devil. You tell, de- you tell whatever. Amen. Mm-mm. This place is covered by the blood. I once heard the story about a farmer that kept having coyotes come onto his property and devastate uh, livestock. And uh, he was doing what he could in the natural, but he, couldn't, he just couldn't stop it. And he got a hold of this revelation about the blood. And he walked out on his property. And he walked over to the border on the north and on the south and on the east and on the west. And he said, now I plead the blood of Jesus on, every, on the borderlines of my property on the north, the south, the east, and the west. No more harm or destruction will come to my stuff, my property, in Jesus' name. Several days later, I mean no more evidence. No more evidence from that moment of any livestock, any animal being harmed or killed. So he got to taking a walk. He was just curious. And there were all these dead coyotes lying on the, what do you call it, the borderline, the property line. They had come up to the line and died right there. That's better than a bullet. Come on. That's better than those traps that Brother Ken sets. They just tried to cross the line. Wrong thing. Wrong thing. Are you getting this at all? It's not just information. You have to get this as a revelation in your heart that God has made available to us His blood, and that blood is a force that brings protection. The one behind, the one that's truly behind all stealing, killing, and destroying is the devil, and the blood of Jesus is kryptonite to the devil. Make sure, believers, in these last days... 
that you're doing what you should with the blood of Jesus. Amen. That you mix your faith. Get those scriptures out and meditate on them until you get that in. I'm going to close with this right here. In the last chapter of Dr. Jacobs' book on deliverance, he included a prophecy. He was teaching about the blood one night in his church. And out of him came this prophecy. It's, it's short. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'll pray and we'll be done. Amen? Let's just listen to this. He said, the Spirit of God began to speak to him through him. Find those scriptures that tell you what the blood does and begin to say that. Begin to declare that. And hold that blood against mental things. Hold that blood against emotional instabilities. And you will come up and you will come and you will come out and you will be put over because of the blood will not fail you, saith the Lord. The blood shall prevail against all your enemies. The blood shall prevail against every sickness and every disease. The blood shall prevail and overwhelm and overcome every weakness and everything that would come against you. So plead the blood, declare the blood. Declare what the covenant says the blood does, and it will be so for you, it will be so for you. Make much about the blood, I like this, make much about the blood, and the blood will make much about you. Hallelujah. Not those who heard a sermon and forgot about it. But make much about the blood, and the blood will make much about you. Talk highly about the blood, and often about the blood. And the blood will hold you, and the blood will secure you, and the blood will help you in everyday life, and in things that come to challenge your faith. So hold on to the blood. And you know, so many things, we're robbed of so many of God's blessings because the enemy bombards us with thoughts of condemnation. And we don't, we don't deserve the good things the Bible promises because of our shortcomings and our mistakes. But listen, that's what the blood of Jesus was shed to bridge that great divide that though we're not qualified, the blood qualifies the unqualified. Don't fall for that ploy of the enemy. Amen. So hold on to the blood and hold on to it by your confession of faith in it. And what it does for you, and, and it will be so for you. And you will rise above the ordinary. You will rise above what men say. And you will walk in what I say, saith the Lord. And it will be well with you, and you will walk with me in victory. Remember, I have declared, thanks be unto God, through the Word, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And that's through the blood. So make much about the blood, and the blood will make much about you. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand up on your feet today? Uh, yeah, we'll, you can stand there a minute. We'll pray, and then you're going to have to sit back down because we're going to announce the winners of our auction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we make much of your blood. We're so thankful that, Jesus, you were willing to do what was necessary. The Bible says the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood, and you shed your blood that we might have life and have it more abundantly to the full until it overflows. God, today I stretch out my hands over this precious congregation, uh, including all those watching and listening by live stream this morning. And I plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, over their families, over their children, over their souls, over their bodies, over their marriages, over their finances, over all of their belongings, 
and over all that concerns them. I believe in the power, the protecting, delivering, guarding, defending power that's in the blood. And so I thank you for your hand of protection upon us that we can live our life today with no fear. No fear. Because of what the blood has done. Because of what Jesus has done. That when death tries to knock on our door, when the curse tries to come into our life, when the devil gets the stupid idea that he's going to try to take out our children, remember, Satan, the blood has been applied. The blood is against you, Satan. And we worship you, Father, for this great plan of redemption that you authored, you executed, and you made ours. May we never forget. May we never forget all that is ours. That blood speaks. For those who have faith in Jesus, it's speaking righteous, 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 blessed, blessed, blessed. Protected, protected, protected. In every life, in every family that that blood touches. So again, thank you, Father. We worship you today. May we all walk in this wonderful light. In Jesus' name. Amen.